speaking of the movies, I went, uh, I've been sitting on a lot of movies and I, like, I think I mentioned before that I use the reserve seat function to track how many people are going to be in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that recently and I, I was trying to get into Spider-Man for a long time and it took me forever. And finally I got into a pretty good, uh, um, showing where there was not a lot, a whole lot of people. And I was, did the same thing for matrix after, you know, uh, the holiday weekend, I thought, okay, everybody's going to be back to work. It'll be fine. So I, I schedule a, I look at a noon showing. I'm like, okay, this is looking pretty good. There's only three other people in the theater. It's like 11 o'clock. Perfect. So I book a ticket, head to the theater, get into the theater, wall to wall. The whole oh, entire man. front of the theater is filled. And then I'm like, okay, you know what? Encanto just came out the other day. Um, there's lots of kids home. Matrix, it's R. It's going to be fine. So I'm waiting in line. And then I was like, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll just pull it up. And I open my phone, go to reserve another seat. The entire theater was full. There was two empty seats in the entire theater. Oh, no. I have, I have not in two, in a, like almost probably five years, had to sit next to someone except for when I saw Infinity War, like on the night. Yeah, those are those are the only, like Star Wars opening nights and Marvel opening nights. Those were those were the only elbow to elbows. And generally speaking, Harry Potter for me, I, I saw all those in theaters and then. Well, yeah, that, that's been a long time, right? Since the last, if you're not counting the crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> many many crimes so many crimes of his face and body <laughs> that was a different theater i saw that one at though well that being said i saw the whole theater theater was full and i said you know what i paid my ticket the wachowskis got my money and i went home and watched on hbo yeah yeah i said no thank you you made the good call on that one yeah that was that was fine i watched on hbo yeah exactly and i i did i did want to uh check it out with the whole you know, thing, but man, that experience probably would have been real slick. Oh yeah, but I got I got a new sound bar uh, for Ooh. Christmas, so I was like, well, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll try it out. Welcome to the Nerdaplexi Movie Review Show mini-episode. This is where we break down our breakdowns of the movies we just watched, answer your pressing questions, and let you know what to check out for next time. My name is Reed, and with me today we have... Sam. And Dave. So let's uh, dive in. Yeah, whenever I saw Matrix in the theater I went to, it was uh, it was it had three X's on the end of it, which I thought was interesting, and I thought maybe just a typo or whatever, but... Uh-huh. But you stuck it out, obviously. Yeah, it was weird the first 25 minutes that Neo was bottomless. <laughs> and and uh, So far, yeah, nothing so, different from the time I saw it. Yeah, right. And it was like, give me some time for a better joke here, because Resurrection has Erection in it. It's just, it was just called Res-Erection, which I thought was... High Resurrections. Yeah, it seemed like a, like a misspelling, but... Uh, I mean, whenever they talked to the Grand Priapismatic, I thought that was... Amazing. <laughs> the oracle was like pretty heavily in this one. Yeah. The anal catect. Yeah, there was a couple trinities, if you will. <laughs> there was one that was the devil's the devil's trinity. I certainly hope this is your second episode that you've ever heard hot off the heels of our family friendly holiday special. <laughs> Because this is this is this is more kind of what we got going on. The beeps at the end of that special really had me laugh like out loud. The like second and third times I heard it, still I loved that. That was such a good joke. Oh yeah, the beeps are always good. Yeah, always a classic. <laughs> Cock and balls. We're so close. <laughs> We're so so close. so close. And it wasn't even me. It wasn't even me. I did like the addition uh, of the Eaton Park commercial on the end. Yeah, that was really nice. Well, we mentioned it in the episode. Actually, we mentioned it. This is the second time we've mentioned it on the show. So I thought, mm-hmm. get the Eaton Park commercial in there. People will know what we're talking about. And that's just a, a local restaurant where they have smiley face cookies. Wow, you got to love that uh, Pittsburgh narrowcasting. Oh, and also a thing I meant to say. I said, uh, David said that that was the first Muppet Airbnb, and I said MBNB, and that didn't make any sense. And it should have been Bear BNB because they're bears. That that would have been really good. That would have been better. You should have like AD, ADR'd it over. Yeah, me. well, I considered it, but 
I also got some some listener mail. I don't know if this Ooh, is too really? soon for it. No, perfect timing. At Dan Stadnick, S-T-A-D-N-I-K, said, Hey, Yins guys, you reached out to me on the Blank Check Pod Reddit, and he listened to a few episodes of the pod, and he's definitely enjoying it. So, oh, how nice. Always good to hear. Thanks, Dan. Excellent, yeah. I wasn't able to go, but there was a, a showing of the thing. Um, the downtown, the arts uh, did a showing of that. I had some previous engagements uh, but they they had thrown it out there on the the Reddit, and I reached out and said, "Hey, if you're a a Yinzer who likes movies, uh, I think I might I might got the show just for you." Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, it got it got Dan Stadnick for us. I dig it. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Let us know what Pittsburgh specific references you'd like to hear more of. I, I also got that people have a hard time hearing us apart, so when they saw the video, it was very helpful. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that is good. That is good. I, You know what? I never really thought the three of us sound very much alike, but I was scrubbing through the episode. I was listening through to you know, make sure the audio was all right, and I had walked into a different room, and for a minute there, I could not tell who was speaking. We all three of us spoke, and at, at a distance, I could not differentiate. Whomst was whomst. So uh, I uh, appreciate your pain, but you just got to listen to more episodes, and you'll be able to tell the you know, the subtle differences in vocal texture and tenor. Also, the just the content of what we say is very different. <laughs> yeah, we're all fairly uh, off in our own separate ways. Yeah. Well, we are making a podcast, so, I mean, that's a prerequisite. That's yes. true. We did try the first couple episodes where we said the same things at the same exact time. Didn't take off. Yeah, no, I thought it'd be, well, we're trying to step into that ASMR space, but apparently mm-hmm. that is not what anyone was, was looking for. It was or like, it was like a Gregorian chant. <laughs> <laughs> that like throat singing. But for about an hour and 15 minutes long. Fun for us, but you know, understandable why that one didn't take off. But hey, that's showbiz, baby. I think Nerdbot <laughs> even pulled that episode. <laughs> it actually deleted itself as I <laughs> uploaded it. It was pretty crazy. Right. Well, that was that was pretty fun. We're out of kind of the holiday season now. It was very fun to do our first video episode, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, let me ask you this. What kind of content would you like to see us seeing? Uh, is the, you know, we, we could, you know, do some commentary tracks. We could play some games on the uh, vid games or, you know, other style, maybe some like a Jackbox situation. Uh, let us know what kind of stuff you're into. We could always stream a tabletop simulator if that's what you're into. Ooh, I'm into that. That would be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah. I like a board game. Games! Anybody remember Strong Bad? Homestar Runner? (laughs) How could you forget? How does he type with those gloves on his hands? <laughs> I heard that he has his leg is made of tape. <laughs> <laughs> he installed a tiny light switch at the bottom so my pet could turn lights on and off, but mm-hmm. not to have light switch raves. No. Oh, the cheat. <laughs> the system well, is down. Oh boy, that's some that's some nostalgic internet business. Speaking of which. Man, this is quite the season for nostalgic fan service movies, and in it just. Oh, it, it most certainly is. It, it is fan service week in cinema right now. Very cool. Let's call it, let's call it a solid month. Yeah. Have you rethinking reboots? Um, you know, whether or not they should be uh, happening. You can come up with an original idea, or you can rehash the same old thing. But sometimes that's just what the people want. And uh, this month, it was just what I wanted. It was 100% what I wanted. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, let's let's talk about them in release date order. Uh, the two movies we are speaking of, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home and Matrix Resurrections. So, Sp- uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, Tom Holland's third. Is this his third? It was Homecoming. Yep. Far From Home. And now we're in No Way Home. So, okay. So, he's, he's rounding out the, the trilogy before we get into it, we are going to be doing some some spoilies because we need to kind of break down some things. Spidey spoilies. <laughs> Spidey spoilies. Your spoiler sense is tingling. Yes. Okay, so fair warning, we are going to be diving deep into these films, so there will be spoilies ahead, so just prepare yourself. Now, if you haven't seen it and still want to know what we think, 
We do have some one-sentence spoiler-free reviews for both Spider-Man and Matrix. We'll start with Spider-Man. Spider-Man was the fan service I was looking for in an eighth Spider-Man movie. It's a, it's a perfect movie uh, for those who've been watching all these years and a great trilogy and, and starting off point for people who this is their first Spider-Man. I would say it was the... The, uh, it's spoiler free. I have a spoiler heavy sentence. <laughs> well, we'll get into that in a second. We're just... <laughs> okay. Uh, spoiler free. Hey, check that thing out, man. It's very good. <laughs> okay. So as far as the Matrix, if you guys have a sentence for that, mine is it's the perfect blend of stupid, smart, awesome, and extremely dumb. It's the only thing a new Matrix movie could have been. What if the Matrix put more meta? <laughs> it was so meta. It is a commentary on reboots in a way that normal people like me can actually understand it, as opposed to Twin Peaks Return being commentary on reboots that I needed to watch a four-hour YouTube video to understand. (laughs) Which is worth watching. Very good watch, but it's for people like me. If you just want to watch it and get it and be like, "Ah, I see what they're doing here, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. This is the one. Okay, now we can get into it. So here we go. We're entering spoily territory. So uh, gird your loins. Here we go. All right, here's my one sentence. Spoiler-ific. Spoiler-ific review. And it's that it's the best way to end the Amazing Spider-Man trilogy or what could have been the Amazing Spider-Man trilogy that I could have ever hoped for. Uh... I really liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man in the first place, so whenever we got to have him back, uh, I thought that was just kind of a, a real great thing. And there's a there's a, a specific scene that makes his Tobey Maguire's existence all worth it. And uh, first of all, they basically recreate that like Spider-Man meme where they're like pointing at each other and they're like, "Yeah, you talking about him great. or him? Peter, me? Peter, him? Peter Parker? Yeah. We're all Peter Parker? Yeah, that was good." And and there's a scene where and you know in Amazing Spider-Man two the uh, the Gwen the iconic comic scene where where Gwen falls and and Spider-Man tries to save her and cracks her spine because gravity is the thing and uh, he wasn't really fully prepared for that kind of thing and they get to recreate that scene with MJ and that Spider-Man so he gets that sort of like that f- final. His redemption. Closure feeling and redemption. Yeah, that he was able to, to succeed where he had failed before. And I thought that was like amazing. What I really liked was Tobey Maguire kind of got to uh, make up for the emo third Tobey Maguire movie. He got to come back and be a little bit more, not not overly serious, but he was like the father figure for the other Spider-Men. And I thought that was really nice. I thought that was a really cool thing. In for the him. context of the multiverse, it's it's just it makes so much sense, and it makes me feel better for having seen all of the movies. Because sometimes I'm like, well, do I really need to see another Spider-Man origin story? You know, do I need to know that Uncle Ben gets killed and Spider-Man couldn't do anything about it, and you know he regrets it? But like, they're able to to roll with the fact that they all had narrowly different origin stories. And and make that like the big thing of the end, like, you know, I have my thing. I let Gwen die. I have my thing. I let Uncle Ben die. And uh, and then not only did I let Uncle Ben die, but I went and killed his killer, you know, so I have this whole like revenge thing hanging over my head that I want to try to keep, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man away from. And it's it just it fits like a glove. It's amazing. It, yeah, the the different layers because the the Tobey Maguire who had done some shit and basically he he you know had to kill all of his friends and things like that. It was much darker, much more serious. And Andrew Garfield was somewhere in between. He was still lighthearted. He was still trying, but he was you know broken. And then you know Tom Holland being recently broken, like you said, that the terrible tragedy, Aunt May. Oh my goodness, uh, that that was a that was a pretty brutal scene there. Aunt Tomei. That was a, that was that was a bummer. I'm I'm going through and rewatching all of the other Spider-Man movies now. I just got to. Uh, I'm starting Spider-Man three tomorrow with my kids because they, they love Spider-Man. To. No, 
but they want to. My kids like that one, so they're gonna want. <laughs> well, to... we're gonna have to. Uh, so I've been holding yes. off on the McGuire ones because we are definitely gonna have to watch those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it's a great. This one was a great payoff for the people who, like you said, Sam, have seen all of these Spider-Man movies. Um, there, there were multiple points when all the Peters uh, um, met that summoning scene. That really like that was a big chills moment for me. For me, my my favorite part about all of this was. Um, you know, my biggest fan servicey moment was all the villains. Man, they all were shining uh, in this movie. Willem Dafoe uh, always comes to play, and he did the yeah. meme. The uh, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, he's so good. Willem, yes, that the the real star of this picture, my man. He needs he needs some like awards for this movie. I know that's stupid to say in a Marvel movie. But I mean, the fact that his his performance in the first Spider-Man movie is incredible. And I was curious if they were going to, you know, how, how that was all going to play into this movie. And he, he rocked it every second of it. He was playing pitch perfect. I completely agree. It was like he didn't miss a beat from that tone. It's almost like that's who he really is. And every his everyday life is playing who Willem Dafoe thinks he should be. He did not miss a beat going from, what is it? When did that movie come out? 2001? 20 years later of being Green Goblin again. Yeah, I think it might have been longer than that. But yeah, he he was really firing on all, on all cylinders there. A um, couple, of, couple of tearjerker moments in this one. When uh, the Aunt May part was pretty brutal. But what got me more is when, uh, you know, Peter and uh, Ned and MJ, like, found him on that rooftop. Ugh. Just Tom Holland was really he 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 really he put it all out there. That that was some uh, moving sobs, right? And a fair play to uh, Sony and Marvel because the biggest criticism of the first two series would be Spider Man three, too many villains. Amazing Spider Man two, too many villains. Spider Man No Way Home, just as many villains. No all problem with that. Everyone, yeah, yeah to perfectly handled. Yep. All uh, and they all got. I think a lot of these villains got more to do in this movie than in their own movies. Yeah. yeah. And they were more grounded in the comic book universe in these ones than they were in their original movies. Like they, they like fit into the story. I think a little better. A, a lot of time has passed, you know, at this point in the game, we have stopped trying to make them real and just be like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're comic book mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Guys. It felt more like they fit, and I re- I really liked when uh, Doc Ock shows up in the beginning. Because you're you're not my Peter, and he's throwing people around for seemingly no reason, and and I really I really dug it because in Spider Man Two he had a reason for what he was doing. He was trying to to make that energy source, the power of the sun in the palm of his hand, mm-hmm. and on this one he just didn't give a shit. He's like I'm throwing people because my arms want to throw people, and I loved it. Yeah, he did end up with the with the power of the sun in the palm of his hand. The uh, the Iron Man, yeah, arc, arc reactor, pretty good. <laughs> well, his thing was kind of an arc reactor too, but just a little bit more crazy. <laughs> um, I, I thought the big you know dilemma of the whole movie, you know, the spell. I, I thought that that was a perfect way for Spider Man to like blow it because you know you have to have a, a scene where spider-man blows it and i was like wondering the whole time like okay how is that going to happen and the fact that he does it because he just couldn't keep his mouth shut is i think a perfect spider-man <laughs> foible yeah and i think that the version uh that i've created in my head canon uh peter does blow it because he can't keep his mouth shut and there are uh just as many peters on screen as you think oh what's this one called spider-man no don no dongs alone <laughs> <laughs> it works every time. I don't. I don't know. It does it. No. <laughs> but I don't have anything better, and therefore it does. It must. Yeah. I. I don't know. I. I really like this. I think it was th- this movie really just started and never stopped going. You didn't really have any time to breathe, but it never. It, it never felt overstuffed to me. I mean, we got like right into the business as soon as the credits roll. Yeah. And um, my one kind of beef is that. Basically, what, 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in, we get a cool Daredevil cameo. But for the most part, all of the fact that he is like a criminal is just hand waved away immediately. Yeah, none of it's going to stick to you. Like, but why won't it? Why wasn't that the impetus for him to go see Doctor Strange and not that he couldn't get his friends couldn't get into fucking college? (laughs) 
Because they had to get the friends into it somehow. Yeah, the the whole criminal aspect was a big old nothing burger. It was just a way to get us to see Murdoch. Yeah, and a reason for J. Jonah Jameson to show up at the end of the last one. I wonder if they. I wonder if they were back. If they had to just backtrack because maybe that was the original intent that Spider Man was just going to be on the run. But was it too much like Civil War to have like a hero fugitive again? I, I don't know. Well, it was good to see. Uh, it was good to see Matt Murdock though. You got to flex a little bit. I, I honestly would have loved a little uh, legal thriller stuff in here. That'd have been fun. It would have been do some fun. law and order shit, man. People love that. Got, got some they procedurals going. Hell yeah! Everybody loves a procedure. Get the blue bloods in on it. Get them in the MCU universe. Well, my hope is that this brings <laughs> the kingpin into the next trilogy for Tom Holland because that's what Feig says is going to be another trilogy for Tom Holland Spider Man. Well, I uh, I don't know. Have you guys been watching? Uh, this might come up a little bit later, but uh, Hawkeye? Not yet. <laughs> See, I'm trying to catch up on well, what if because I know if I start Hawkeye. I haven't watched Loki yet. That's a big mistake, Dave. Huge. I can't go any further, Dave, because that's a kind of a little spoily for you. Oh, I, I don't care. I don't care about spoilers. Uh, go ahead. Is it that Kingpin's in Hawkeye? Oh, he is yeah. in Hawkeye. That's yeah. great. He's in the MCU now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you can't. He's the big bad. You can't, I don't care what they had to say about those uh, Netflix shows going away. You can't get rid of Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin. He was stellar. And who's the guy who plays Matt Murdock? I thought he was great, too. Oh, I'm yeah, comparing he, him to Ben Affleck, so he's the best, obviously. Charlie Cox. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll get into that. Charlie Cox is actually... Never mind. Stop. I don't need to. <laughs> he plays Matt Mordick. In... You said you didn't need to. I didn't need to, but I wanted to. But I mean, that doesn't mean he's not going <laughs> yeah. to. It's a compulsion. It's a sickness. Okay. So this is this is the MCU. It's a it's a universe that never stops going. Let's do a little sequel speculation here. So starting things off, how what do you think the state will be? We've got a new Into the Spider Verse movie coming out with Miles Morales and a Spider Verse. Now we have another Spider Verse in the MCU. Is the end of Into the Spider Verse going to be a joining of the forces? Are they going to peek into like an actual real world? There's at least gonna be there's at least gonna be a teaser that it might happen, whether it happens or yeah. not. I don't know, but there will definitely be like a, a some portal open up and you'll see a cartoon Tom Holland, Roger Rabbit esque. Is is Eddie Brock gonna be into the Spider Verse? Is that what, as he's transitioning back? I would really like that because it's yeah. already if you've seen the Venom movies, they're basically just a cartoon, and there's no problem with that. I have no problem with their basic re like reimagining of that the venom the venom eddie brock relationship being more like a like a like a romance a bromance yeah i like that a lot i like that a lot an, ab I, an abusive bromance yeah, yeah. weirdly abusive they, bromance. They, they hate each other but they need each other and i love that and they eventually start to at least be on the same page about not eating people yes have you seen carnage yet i'm not not yet i'm God. gonna watch it it's 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 Ooh. funny you, I don't care about spoilers, so if you if you, no, it's, it's, I don't have anything to say about it either. It's a funny flick. You should definitely check that sucker out. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna watch it. I love Tom. I love Tom Hardy unapologetically. I even even liked him as Bane, no matter how insane that movie was. I mean, yeah. Regardless of content or a context, he's always very good. Shit, Woody really oh, brings yeah. it in that one. Yeah. Oh, he's Carnage, right? He he's really he's really having a blast. Yes. Cletus Cassidy. That's exciting. I'm excited to see it. Love the wig they do with him. Oh, yeah? Love that thing. That red rug. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> it's something. That movie is... It's like someone turned up the saturation too high, but, like, <laughs> on your brain. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. The, the only thing that I found to be challenging and sort of almost take me out of the already insane world would be like uh -huh. some of Shriek's lines were just so over the like so weird. I can't remember exactly what they were, but they were so weird. The the Shriek and Cassidy stuff is absolute the most Buckwild stuff uh -huh. in that whole whole flick. Some weird de aging and all that stuff. But yes, Venom is very fun. Um, and apparently we're gonna get some Venom in the MCU because uh, 
you know, the bummer of those little tags at the end of Let There Be Carnage and No Way Home, I thought were pretty cheap because uh, they're trying to get you excited. But then it's really it, it was just nothing. It just all amounted to nothing. By the end of No Way Home, it's all gone. But there was a little piece of Venom goop got left behind. So we got alien goop in the MCU. I've read a couple of theories that Andrew Garfield might get another movie with Venom in it or Venom might be or, or Andrew Garfield might be in the next Venom movie. That would be so it would be so crazy if they if they branched off and had a third Spider-Man series going concurrently with the with what's going. I would love it. I would love it, but I just <laughs> Spider-Man's my absolute favorite. I mean, I would go see it like probably twice, but I can't believe that. I can't believe they would do I, it. I wish they would do I it. Can't. The uh the running theory right now, the running popular fan theory on Forbes. If if he's going anywhere, he's going to Spider-Verse. Yeah. That's the only place it makes sense. Because, yeah, th- this was like a farewell to Garfield and Maguire. I feel like that was, you know. I also saw Tobey Maguire's getting a fourth movie. It's gotta be, that's got to be one of those, like, clickbait sites, though. <laughs> I, I, I would love it. I would go see it. I can't imagine what that would be or who that's for. But It's for me. Yet again. It's, I mean, it's for us. Like I said, I'll buy a ticket, but th- there's not a lot of me. <laughs> there's a hundred percent of the people talking right now. Are you? We're, we are all going to see that if it comes out. <sighs> yeah, but yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I'm I'm here for it, but I don't get it. I do not understand it. No, it's buck wild. The only thing I'm sure of is that Spider-Man, Venom, Peter Parker, and Miles Morales will all exist for the future. I'm guessing Miles Morales uh, is going to come into play in the MCU at the very end of this latest cycle because they're building a young adventures team. We got Kate Bishop. We've got Riri Williams, Ironheart. We got, you know, um, from the Marvel shows, they've got, uh, I can't remember his name, but the one of the other super soldier test subjects, grandsons, he's in there. Um, uh, Scott Lang's daughter is um, she's called something. She I don't know. She gets real big. She's got a name like that, like Magnitude or something like that. Pop pop. <laughs> uh, they're setting up a next crop of heroes, and I I can't imagine that they will not. Oh, because America Chavez is going to be in Multiverse of Madness. So anyhow, I can't imagine that Miles Morales is not going to make an appearance. But I don't know. I'm excited to see whatever they do. I'm always a, I'm always happy to see a Spider Man. Oh, and you got Wiccan. Uh, like like oh, Wanda, yeah, Wanda's kids, yeah, Wanda, and, yeah, Wiccan and Speed too. Yeah, I forgot about them. And they're Young Avengers. I mean, that's that's a that's a gimme right there. Yeah, I mean, they already they all exist now. So we'll see we'll see what happens. And sometimes Vision comes back as a kid. So <laughs> who knows? Oh, speaking of comics, I I did get another piece of listener mail saying that uh, that they wouldn't mind if we did a little more comic talk, possibly on some minis, and uh, and we're kind of throwing around the ideas if we want to do a monthly roundup for a trade something we can catch on hoopla so that it's easily accessible to anybody with a library card yeah i think that would be fun we had uh you know i've been always interested in the idea of doing a uh comic book of the month club so um hit us out on twitter maybe we will uh, make a post uh and we'll 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 put something up uh, uh the, the trade of the month and you can, yeah, like like Sam said, get that on the library app or something along those lines and read along and we'll, who knows, maybe the next mini we'll talk about that. Yeah, I dig it. Seems like a pretty cool idea. So we're back and talk about the other nostalgia movie of the year. This one is Matrix Resurrections, the fourth of these babies. We got one Wachowski back on board. Yeah, the other Wachowski does not want to uh, go backwards in, in their career. So we had we had Lily, not Lana, right? No, we had Lana. We had Lana, not Lily. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you guys hit it right on the head. This one is about as meta as it gets, and um, it is a reboot about reboots. So much so that one of the lines, like there was so many lines at the beginning of this movie that I was just like shouting. I was just like hooting and hollering about the the whole first like thirty five minutes, where, like before Neo has any realization of who he really is. It's like it's in your face, and they have a great. Yes. Are we past the, the the spoiler point? 
Yeah, I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna put both of those things up at the front. Okay. So before we get into spoiler stuff. Okay. Like the the white rabbit scene and like just like sinking into like absolute insanity. Well, they they say a point. They say a point when they're talking about because in in the context where where they they're making a new matrix mm-hmm. in in this matrix, it's a video game, and they say the guys at Warner Brothers are gonna get this done. Yeah. Whether we do it or not, which I believe it has to be mm-hmm. true, <laughs> is an actual <laughs> sentence that was said to the Wachowskis. It has to be yeah. true. Like you could do, you could take the Matrix and run, or we will take the Matrix and run. <laughs> but it's amazing that even like producers let that slide. I mean, they have to. I mean, ultimately, it's it's just so it's so good, and everything is so like the very beginning. They show a new character bugs. Like the bunny, like the white rabbit, like, you know, it's all like, you know, very, very in your face stuff and seek. And they're inside this game because for whatever reason, they got some kind of a reading on it. Uh, But they're taken. you're taken to the very first scene from the very first Matrix. And I was freaking out whenever I saw it because I was like, this looks really familiar. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what the Matrix does to you. It's like you have to like you have to take a step back. You're like, I. Are, is this really happening in the movie? Did it happen before? Have I seen it before? I feel like I have. And they have that whole thing in the first movie about deja vu and what it really means and all that other stuff. So I'm like, okay, so they're showing it again, but they're showing it in a, from a different angle, from a different, from a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see the back of Carrie, Carrie Moss. And then she, it's so uncanny. I don't know if that's de-aged Carrie Moss or a different actress altogether. I don't think it is. I think it's a different actress. I think it's a different person. Right. So, yeah. but but I'm saying there's different like agents too. There's split seconds where I'm not sure though. Yeah. And that's and that's exactly. like it's an, there's enough for me to question it that made it seem like such a perfect like casting choice and like everything is just so. And they mention it even Bugs says a couple of times this seems so familiar but it's it's wrong. Yeah. And it's like which is a thing to say about reboots. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's commentating on itself immediately, and it uses the nostalgia in the movie as well as like to make the movie. They directly reference people's nostalgia for the Matrix yeah. in the movie by using it, talking about it like a video game. It's so clever. I, I couldn't. They're talking about how is this Matrix movie or game in this instance going to blow people's minds while they're actively doing the thing that was blowing my mind. Right. And then the big spoiler, they they say they have to come up with a way, a new way to re-revolutionize like we did with bullet time and like, you know, the, you know, the lean backy bullet stuff. Right. That they do in the original. And uh, and it happens in the movie is like a, a rewinding mechanic. That, or even like a, a slowing him down. But the other the new program moves fast right i really mm-hmm. liked using it against <laughs> using bullet time against neo i thought that was really a cool touch well it's an, another extension because all the the agents had that power because neo used the agent's power and then they're using neo's version of that power oh yeah very cool and i love the boardroom scenes where they're like they're trying to figure out what's the original about and they're saying all of the things that everyone thought that the originals were about. And then, like, you know, it's about trans politics and it's about, uh, you know, the the neo fascism and. Right. Yeah. And it's a crypto or crypto fascism and crypto. Yeah. And it's it's so it's just done so well. It's talking about itself and talking about the phenomenon. Yeah, it, it's it's really incredible. Uh, you had mentioned like the action uh, and, you know, bullet time and redoing it. This is I had this thought while I was watching the movie and I, I, I it didn't it didn't make me upset in any way but uh, two two things I I thought about the action was I thought the action was a little stale mm-hmm. a little stodgy I don't know if it was the editing I don't know if it was the moves taking place but I wasn't buying into the action of it all so much. I think actually Morpheus did a great job. Mm-hmm. I think everybody else, especially even Keanu Reeves, I hate to say it, I don't think he was bringing it. But that being said, I don't think it hurt the movie. I think it made the movie better. And honestly, I wanted much more talking and much less action. If we would have stayed in the first part, that first 30 minutes, Sam, if we had stayed there mm-hmm. for the entire, like almost 75% of the movie, I would have been totally on board. 
I would have rewatched the first Matrix through the game. It, yeah, this was <laughs> <laughs> this was the first time where flashbacks didn't bother me. This they did it in such a neat way. Yeah, but the flashbacks were were parts of were parts of the game. So everything we saw was the game. And then it, like when Morpheus two uh, for the new new Morpheus shows him Morpheus classic in the ripped up old theater. I really I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's how they ushered us into the new movie. I mean, because honestly, after that, like, I never felt really that kind of like weird disconnect. I'm like, oh, well, we're we're in it. Um, Neo did get a new power. I, I just wanted to bring up. We were talking about the how the analyst has turbo bullet time. Neo gets uh, shields in this one, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, and yet again, an extension of his bullet stopping mm. power from. The earlier movies, and I um, personally, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great little set. Then he lost his power to fly in a very funny way. Oh, he's an older, tired yeah. Neo. You know what I but mean? But he like he did the whole move where he like the ground ripples around him, and he jumps like three inches <laughs> off the ground. I, I absolutely love that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not happening. Yeah, that's, that's not, not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I, honestly, there wasn't. Um, I'm a huge Matrix fan, but overall, there there w- was hardly a part of this movie that I I didn't enjoy. They kind of uniquely explained away why everybody looks different. We've got a new Smith, you know, um, oh, some other new characters Groff. that are all that are all different yeah. but the same. We've got a Graf Smith. <laughs> he well, he was talk about making a meal out of it. Yeah. My man was going for it in this. The king, yeah, the king if you himself. can't get Hugo Weaving and uh, Larry Fishburne, then those guys were the next best thing. I, 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 one hundred percent agree. Who I also really liked a lot was all the new robot buddies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys feel about the robot friends, Shabebe and Luminate? <laughs> Luminate was my favorite by far. L- Luminate was yeah. great. He had a real Babu Frick energy. Like no, as far as I can tell, no actual need to exist except to be a cute little robot. He fists. Yeah, bumps. he does bump. a fist bump. It. Yeah, it's, so you have a. I got this robot. He fist bumps. That's pretty cool. And so baby was like some kind of weird dog that was also sentient. Like they like touched heads and stuff. It was really strange. I loved it. Yeah, I did. I did just. I mostly like the name Sabebe, and I like to say it. That was another thing that I I couldn't figure out. Uh, you know, I that came out of total left field. I'm like, oh, the humans are with the machines now. They're they're like work. Some of them are working together. I thought, man, that's a great. That's a great new twist, and yeah, all the all the fun little robots and bugs and weird. Yeah, just just like you said though, for this and it's the same for No Way Home, two and a half hour long movies. Normally, I look at two and a half hour long movie. I, like I, I look at a runtime before I watch a movie, and I think, oh god, like the two and a half hours of the of it. Couldn't you do it in an hour and a half? And uh, I found I found there was no point in time that I wanted to stop watching, and I didn't want it to end. I took my young children to see spider-man and they were in it the whole time just to give you an idea no pee breaks no pee breaks wow i was on the edge of a pee break by the end of that one i was like ready to die well, d- during the credits we ran and you peed and we got matrix that matrix i watched on hbo so i, I oh yeah a couple times, matrix was but, a positive yeah. i wasn't holding it for nothing uh no i i watched it straight through i couldn't take my eyes off that dang thing i couldn't i couldn't uh yeah that was that was a great three hours for me man I want to pick out my favorite negative review of The Matrix, sort of a culmination of everything we said here. The Matrix Resurrections is a recycling dump of murky effects, indifferent action, and a crazily cluttered, relentlessly repetitive narrative. It's Groundhog Day in cyberpunk. And that was one of the critics from Wall Street Journal. And what they don't understand is that that sounds really cool to me. Yeah, same. (laughs) Groundhog Day in cyberpunk? That's what I, I want to see Bill Murray's Cyberpunk Groundhog Day. I want that now. <laughs> I will see it in Steampunk. Yeah, I love Groundhog I Day. I want it all. I love every Groundhog Day show. Every Groundhog Day, everything they've ever done. So like Happy uh, Death Day. Happy Death Day. Even the sequel, which is a lot of the same stuff, mm-hmm. where they even mention Groundhog Day in it, which is funny. There's uh, there's the one on Netflix. Palm Springs. Palm Springs. I don't know about this one. 
Oh man, I have to check that's, that out. That's one to see. It's uh, Andy Samberg. Oh, I'm oh, here for this. What? Oh, I'll check that yeah. out for sure. Um, yeah, make it a priority. You're gonna love every second of it. Russian dolls. What's that Tom Cruise one? Ooh, Edge of Tomorrow. Is it they what they had a different name for it. Uh not just Edge of Tomorrow. I think it was called something else eventually. You might be thinking of the original. No, there's a there's a longer tagline. Yeah, line. there's a really it's like long Edge of name. Tomorrow something 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 but, something. Yeah. I could be thinking of that or it could be just one of those uh Live Die Repeat. Yeah, Live Die Repeat Edge yep. of Tomorrow. Yeah. That's how it was marketed on home media or simply live, die, repeat. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. That was the name of the original short story, I believe, or the screenplay or something. I love that style of movie, and they could do it over and over and over again, every single day, the same exact way, until I figure out the, the way to end it. And I would love it. <laughs> Were there any other ones that uh, reviews caught your eye? Just that negative one where I thought, that doesn't really sound that bad to me. S- seems seems yeah, good. The, the negative review is good, and... Good. Yes, thank you. So I think why don't we do let's let, let's start with uh, Spider Man. Well, actually, let's start with Matrix, and we'll go back to Spider Man. Do you guys have a hero and villain? Oh man, uh, I've I have some prepared. Let's let's start with villain for the Matrix. I'll let you you start because I wasn't really thinking in that headspace. Okay. Well, here I'll I, I'll give you the the three that I had, and then I'll I'll, I'll pick. Uh, I'll, so I had um, written the analyst, mm-hmm. uh, New Smith, and the one I'm going to take, which is the Merovingian yeah. baby. He's back. The Merovingian is very is took took one of the worst characters from the trilogy and made it. Whoa! <laughs> he was so. Whoa! whoa. <laughs> uh, I don't think. Give me more programs. I want weirder and wackier. We got the return of two programs: the Merovingian and um, the little girl program, and I love them both. Could have used. More programs, more robots, more yeah. programs. I like the Merovingian this time. The first time I thought it was just like too weird. Super weird. Yeah. That whole movie is really weird. But I've, I've come to embrace it more now. So yeah, I can agree with that. I have a villain that's not yours. Good. Uh, my villain is um, Tiffany's hot husband who keeps pulling her away. Chad. Yeah. You mean the guy who's yeah, a total Chad? Chad? Yeah. He's a Chad. He he is uh, I I loved to hate that guy. He did a, he did such a good job of just being like, just being that like kind of guy you don't want to be around. And then at the end when he grabbed her arm and it was just a little too much, he he was he did it really well. Yeah, I'm gonna dovetail that, and I'm gonna say that my villain is uh, Tiffany's eldest son, who like upon first meeting Neo is like, "What are you trying to ball my mom? Trying to f- my mom." He didn't say that. He didn't say that, Dave. I think Jeez. he did. <laughs> no, he said ball. Did he? For sure, he said. He ball. said ball. Uh, but they did, there, there is quite a few fucks in this. Yeah, but that wasn't one of them. Many fucks given. were given, given, and received. Yes. Who, who's your hero, Sam? I gotta say, my hero is uh, the the new the new way of uh, bringing dead people back via machine. Like so, Morpheus would probably be my hero because I thought that was like a really cool concept. It's completely absurd. Oh, bringing the digital programs into the into into the real world. The, yeah, right. Yeah, just with like magnets. Yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, I think he was. He's the coolest. He had the best power mm-hmm. set, especially because he was cool in the in the Matrix, and he was even cooler as a little magnet man who could like slide into stuff. And I did like his look whenever he took uh, Neo back to that like fight dojo. Yeah, the he had like that. Oh, he had that like waist man. deep V. And he had like a drink, like he's like, man, he was lounging. He was having a good time, a good old time. I dig it. Uh, I think I think my hero in this has has got to be uh, Neo's wingman. I, I forget his name. The guy who was, he just like went over Jude. and start say again. Jude, yes. Jude? Uh, he just goes over and starts talking to Tiffany Trinity, which doesn't make sense. I, I, but I, I still love it. I can't get my head around that. He was a bot. He was like an AI construct. Why would he get that Maybe together? he didn't know the whole uh, the whole yeah. architecture of it, so I don't think he knew. I think everything <sighs> he was supposed to do was to keep Neo happy and making this game. So he thought maybe getting him with this girl he keeps checking out is going to keep him happy and get him back with the game. Yeah, that does seem short-sighted as far as programming. You'd think the analyst would be able to see that guy. 
I think if the analyst knew that was going to happen, he would have stopped it. But yeah, I also want to say back back to Morpheus. I do like the instinct where Neo is dying in the chair, and he's like, "I know what I know what to do to bring him back. I'll kick his ass." <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it worked. It did so. work. Yeah, I really wanted to say bugs um, because I thought th- that bugs was a great character. I thought it was like a lot of fun. She had a lot of nuts. I thought the the actor did a really great job, but I mean, the problem is, and they kind of touch on it a little bit. They didn't get to expound on it too much, but she's like the new Trinity. So, like, she even wanted to be a Trinity type, and then they rescue Trinity. And I don't know. I just thought it was great that at the very end, when they reached their ultimate power, it wasn't Neo who had the power to save them. It was actually. Um, it was the two of them together, but in this time, uh, Trinity came in and saved the day, which, okay, here's my big theory, y'all. The project that uh, Thomas Anderson is working on at the beginning of the game, before movie, excuse me, before they wanted him to make the new game, was a project called Binary. Mm-hmm. So we know about the Wachowskis um, and, um, you know, how, how how they do. And I thought it was really interesting that at the ending now they have the, the the idea is that it wasn't just neo it wasn't just trinity it was the fact that they were one and the same they were a binary system and yeah a lot is neo, made of that io and mm-hmm. yes you know. exactly and neo saved them the first time and then trinity saved them the second time and i just thought that was like such a great kind of way to to end this you know, series off because there was so many times where Neo in the first trilogy saved Trinity and that was his inspiration. In this one, it was Trinity saving Neo and everybody else in the process. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I thought that was really great. Um, it was a, that cool binary stuff mm-hmm. I thought was a lot of fun. Are we going to do hero and villain for No Way Home? That is a uh, great idea. Let me see who I have. I'll, I'll go hero, and I want to. I, I want to steal Andrew Garfield because he was always my favorite Spider-Man. I feel like the movies that he had did not do him justice. He's one of my favorite actors. I think he's like he's just a brilliant actor. He's in that uh, where he's the conscientious objector. Uh, mm-hmm. he, I mean, he's just a great a-, a great actor in general. Uh, Boy A, if you don't mind being real depressed, uh, yeah. is an incredible <laughs> movie. Um, in that in that same vein, uh, my hero is Tobey Maguire. I thought that he came back into it in a in a different way. I I liked all of his like subtle jokes. He goes, "Well, when Andrew Garfield asks if he's going to go out looking like a homeless man or whatever, he goes, well, I I have my suit under my clothes. I don't like broadcast that I'm Spider-Man.'" And he said, "Are you going to go out dressed as a youth pastor?" <laughs> that's what it was. A fun youth pastor, that's what it was. Uh, but I I thought I thought that uh he was muted, unlike the the third movie where he was very over the top, and he had the best like he he was the moral compass of the story at the end when when Aunt May couldn't be. And he's very supportive. He wouldn't let he wouldn't let Andrew Garfield talk down on himself. He's <laughs> yeah. like, hang on a second, bud. I like that. You're the great. mental health talk. You're amazing. <laughs> Pretty good. I wish they had a, they'd have gone more in, in that vein. Like you're amazing. Well, you're spectacular. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that would have been fun. I, I I liked it. Their chem their chemistry was re- was really fun, really really amazing. Um, let's see, who am I picking? We could potentially get that again in the multiverse movie, the Doctor Strange movie. I I, I can't say that it, it's it you know it probably won't ever happen again. Might be a a, a more spider mm-hmm. uh, centric business. Maybe maybe yet again when they when they do another reboot again, that would be mm-hmm. uh, something to think about. I want to see the uh, what's what's the guy from New Girl, Jake, uh, the the voice of Peter B. Peter B. Parker, Jake Johnson. Yeah, Jake Johnson. Let's 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 get Dad Bod Spider Man back into the into the Sony verse. I think I gotta say my hero is um, Doc Ock, Alfred Molina. He gets cured, and then even when he's not cured, he's like. He he's a lot of fun, and then he gets cured, and he literally just he helps out, man. That was great. I think that was he stays cured. 
that they he had he had ample opportunity to go back bad again. And I thought, is this where he, is this the turn? Is this when he does it? And he just never does. I watched Spider Man two again, and and that was his arc in that movie as well. As soon as he becomes bad, he's trying to become good again. And he figures out a way to take over, and then in this one, he comes back as before he takes back power of the arms and eventually gets killed by it. I thought that was really cool. There's it's it's there's a lot of uh suspension of disbelief when it comes to like what it takes to cure these folks. They got these like microchips they're sticking in necks and there's like a big old big old, big old tube of green goo to put in the green goblin. Yeah. I I like the the no big deal for healing doctor or for healing Dr. Connors. Yeah. I already did it no once. Problem. I got that one, yeah. Yeah, I already did it. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, well, th- there's an overstuffed movie. There's lots going on. Yeah. No, I love it. I mean, don't get me wrong. That I, I actually enjoy that aspect of it, where it's like, I don't need to explain to you why this works. It just does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm with you. All right, so I have to go last on villain, because mine's a goof em up. Okay, my villain for this is definitely Green Goblin. Um, I think Willem Dafoe stepped into this like he was playing this role for the last uh, the last 19 years. He's been playing Green Goblin. So he got back into it and got to keep on going. Didn't miss a beat. It was amazing to see it again. Yeah, miss an opportunity to put on the old put on the old slacks again. Yeah, it was is. <laughs> the old scientist slacks. It was very good. My villain is Hannibal Burris's coach <laughs> character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's really he's really who is like all about dunking <laughs> on Peter Parker. He throws him out of the bus. He's like, no way, no how. We believe Mysterio. Yeah, he's a animal. He's a conspiracy theorist. I think that's because you know what? I think they get, they they cut those guys, JB Smooth and and Hannibal Burst. They didn't get a whole a whole big part, um, but because I mean it moves past high school pretty quick, but. Honestly, I think Marvel might be mad that Hannibal Burris keeps sending that random guy to the premieres in his stead. Yeah. <laughs> my my villain is uh, then, uh, it's got to be Wong, the Sorcerer Supreme. He didn't help out a lot this time. He just like bailed immediately. <laughs> He's like, leave me out of yeah. it. He could have stopped this. He could have done so much, but he didn't. In a way, though, in a way, though, this mistake, the mistake that Peter made had to happen because it let all of those other people go back to their time and be alive and cured. Because if they didn't, their timelines are pretty jacked, right? Yeah. Well, and they're dead. If you think about it, though, Mary Jane doesn't know Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker anymore. Because nobody knows. Does, does nobody know that Tom Holland is Peter Parker? Nobody knows Peter nobody Parker know, is Spider-Man. That, I mean, is Spider-Man. Well. The problem is, is that this universe's Peter Parker was a beacon. So they turned that off. So everybody else should just go back to their universe. Right. I don't think that the spell would affect the other universe. Like so much, except that. Yeah, their Doctor Strange would have to cast it. Except that it's going to be awkward whenever Norman Osborn wakes up, like, I don't know, presumably in the house of somebody else because he's been dead for 20 years. He just comes back and be. they don't really think to talk about what that means. Same with Alfred Merlina, who's underwater. Yeah. Well, okay, so they were snatched the moment before their vic- what they perceived as their victory, which would have turned out to be their mm-hmm. death. So presumably they would go back to that instant in time. But so much stuff happened after that. Which is going to be really fucked up because Green Goblin is going to snatch back to uh, his reality, healed of sound mind, Seconds before the glider smashes through his body. I, see, I don't know, but I th- I assume that the whole point is that they get to go back cured and alive. But when and how is the real weird thing of that? Because butterfly effect or whatever you want to call it. What would that do to the Peter mm-hmm. Parker even? What would it do to anybody? If Green Goblin doesn't, yeah, would then, would Doc Ock even ex- exist because of that? Would the accident have happened with a cured uh, Norman Osborn creates lots of ripples. Right, but when you change the timeline, the timeline cha- is changed, and that's it. So the only way that it doesn't change the timeline is if Norman Osborn goes back to the place where he died alive or goes back or just co- shows up anywhere alive in that timeline. But then it's going to raise some red flags where people are like, are you Norman Osborn? You've been, I'm pretty sure you were dead for a really long time. Yeah. Like a mass murder. Yeah, and like and like a mass murder all the way up until the time of your death. <laughs> mm-hmm. You killed a lot of people. Yeah. And then his son's still dead. Well, yo, that's true. They didn't. They didn't no, cure I, Harry. I, Harry's Whoops. dead. He was beyond curing. Uh... <laughs> well, you know, I think they would have loved to bring James Franco they back. Definitely except, loved that. except the last, except the last decade has not been kind to James Franco. 
well, James Franco has not been kind this last decade. Cut to the last decade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's make that right. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, what I mean is... No, yeah, yeah. What I meant to say was... The, the knowledge of James Franco has not been a good... Oh, okay. Knowledge. Got you, got you. Yes. Uh, so, you know, you can bring back people who aren't po- problematic, and you can't... Well, I don't know, you can't bring back to it for Grace Venom because you're doing Venom. What is a shame? He never really got a chance to... I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of, like, the... the he would have been a better Spider-Man than a Venom, I'd say. He would have been. Uh, but, well, that is, uh, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home and Matrix. Thank you uh, for sticking around. Before we uh, leave, uh, we would like to do... This is our end-of-the-year spectacular. Uh, you didn't know, but it is now. <laughs> but we would just like to do one last little segment. We are going to round out our top five cool things of two uh, of I almost said 2001 of 2021 it's it's the cool things of the year well if you go by release date it actually comes out on the second so it's our first thing we want to do in the new year is talk about last year <laughs> it's the things that happened last year <laughs> and happy new year guys oh yeah happy new year yeah like- <laughs> you have to you have to listen to the first half you have to wait yeah you have to we didn't if you didn't listen to the whole episode we, we're not wishing you <laughs> but you won't know because you didn't listen <laughs> all right well okay so i guess this was my idea so i'll go first these are my top five cool things of the year i almost said in no particular order but they're in a very specific order i'll start with number five it is a movie and it was seeing it was the first time I have seen a horror movie in theaters in probably uh, 20 years. Uh, my partner and I went to go see uh, Candyman in theaters, and we had the the entire theater all to ourselves. I think we talked about it a little bit, um, but there was just one other person there. Um, and I, there's something to be said for seeing a horror movie in like surround sound when you can hear. Candyman coming up from the back of the theater. It was pretty unnerving and a lot of fun. Um, number four for me was nostalgia, just generalized. Um, clothes, kit, like I, I drive through, uh, um, we live close to the University of Pittsburgh, and I drive around, I have to drive through the campus every now and again and see people wearing clothes that they wore when I was in high school, which is a trip. Movies are all referencing my childhood, which is also a trip. And I just got back into Magic Cards uh, about two or three years ago. Same here. And I've been looking at yes. lots of those those shiny boys, and that's a lot of fun. Dave, we got to hook you up. We, we gotta... <laughs> You've been changing this the whole time, Sam, by the way, your yeah, background. Yeah, Sam's been changing his background. <laughs> I haven't said anything because it's, a visual, it's not a visual medium. But now it's Dave. He's made it Dave. <laughs> and they're oh, they're kissing. <laughs> <laughs> He kissed his digital and the brother. Background's there. <laughs> uh, but Dave, I'm excited to hear yeah. that you're you're getting back into magic cards as well. Uh, yeah, I got I got some decks made. Hell yeah! I, I don't I haven't done Commander yet, but I, I'm gonna try. Well, I've, if you ever want to get some games in, I've got about uh, I've got too many Commander decks, so there's lots for you to choose from. All right. I'm also into Jumpstart. Jumpstart's really cool. I'll have to check that out. Number three for me was just the the. Well, the wealth and dearth of uh, shows on uh, uh, Disney Plus, Star Wars, and Marvel. I, I really like all those, and I'm looking forward to getting into some more Star Wars stuff. This year I watched Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, which was uh, a lot of fun uh, leading up into some some new content coming out. Number two for me was another theater-going experience, and that was seeing Dune. Uh, because that it was just something to to witness in the theater, the scale and the sound. It was it was just kind of a an experience. I'm glad I got to sit down in the theater for. And speaking of being there in person, maybe as fleeting as it may be, but the coolest thing for me in 2021 20, uh, was being able to get out and play some live music in front of some folks again. So that was a lot of fun. Hopefully, I, we can keep doing that. But if not, it was good while it lasted, baby. <laughs> yeah, we made the most of it, didn't we? I, you know, tried. I'm learning drums now, so I, I hope, hopefully, we get a couple of gigs with those going someday. When you're, you're at the Neil Pert level, I want you to just give me a so shout out. I will be at the the drunk Reed level, pretty much always. <laughs> That's my crescendo. <laughs> I'll get us through. So my top five. Uh, Less experiential, I would say. It's it's all 
most all movies. Um, I think the Matrix Resurrections is in my top five. That was it was so nice to get back into that world again. Number two on my movie list. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. It was so so nice to see it. Now for me, seeing Doctor Giggles is my number four because that is now. <laughs> going to be in my Halloween rotation every year. I loved that movie. I I I thought it was the right amount of camp and the right amount of like you the stuff they're saying is so out of this world that you don't have to worry about how realistic the health issues are. Everything in it was just perfect slasher. I loved it. Um my number 3 is Shang-Chi. I thought that was a great kung fu movie and it, and it made me want to get into kung fu movies. Yeah. I really Really liked it. Number two is Spider-Man No Way Home. Easily the best of all eight Spider-Man movies for me. Um, That's fair. Yeah, it's so good. But my number one is more experiential, and it it was getting to be a part of this podcast over the last nine months. To give you an idea of how long this year is, it's only been nine months since we started this show. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, it? it was in March. Seems like I've known you guys forever. <laughs> but but I mean to be to be honest, like to be less like like silly like Sam was, my, my brother who I have known forever. Uh this project has been so fun for me and I can't wait to see see where it goes. I'm having such a great time with it. It's a blast. Uh all right. Um uh mine are uh in no order and not numbered, might not be five of them, don't know. Uh but not to be immediately self-referential, but I really enjoyed these past two movies. Uh, the co- the concept, I'll agree with Reed, getting back into the movie theater. This is the first big movie I saw in the movie theater in three, two and a half years uh, is Spider-Man, and it lived up to exactly what I wanted. I got a big old popcorn, <laughs> big old drink, and I just like made made a whole like a thing of it, and uh, I was not disappointed. Uh, that being said... Um, very thankful for the HBO movie business model for 2021, uh, that, you know, maybe not as soon as stuff got released, but very soon after it got released, it was hitting at HBO, a lot, a lot of stuff, same day, some stuff within a couple weeks. And, uh, that has been paramount in my ability to watch movies. It really Um, peacocks you up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Really peacocked my interest. Uh, see, that's bad. Um, and speaking of which, uh, my absolute favorite thing of the year is has been parody porner. Uh, being, a- being able to live in, in that space where just just making silly out of movies that exist or uh, grew up a fair bit with uh, with Weird Al and just the idea of like, not that he would ever do anything like that. It's very family friendly. But um, the people that used to be considered Weird Al on Napster would. Um, <laughs> that's a very good, <laughs> yeah. Very good. Like, um, no, but uh, but I I enjoy uh, it to, to Dave's point. It's just uh, you know in the space here, and I'm really enjoying that I'm now in Reed's basement <laughs> with my background picture. Um, it's very powerful. Yeah, uh, you're that feeling of togetherness. Um, but yeah, but actually, in, in not like a fun way, uh, you know, this has been probably the most social thing I've done all year is getting together and doing this. So it's been pretty fun, pretty sweet. Um, see, I've seen a few movies I haven't seen before. Uh, to Dave's point, Dr. Giggles was one of them. I never saw Meteor Man. I can't imagine. And, you know, my whole life now is like, and I think that even Reed even said it on the episode, that there's a before Meteor Man <laughs> chapter of my life and now i'm in the after meteor man chapter of my life inexorably changed inexorably changed i crossed that uh rubicon (laughs) the dies cast and uh i am the man that i am now because of the man that i was before i watched meteor man wise words well my favorite thing i think of this whole year was you listeners out there you know, especially our our subscribers, Steve and Megan, 
really making this show possible. Uh, we, could, we couldn't do it without you guys out there listening and, and writing in and helping us make some content. So we really appreciate all you listeners out there as well. And uh, let us know what you like about 2021. Hit us up at <laughs> nerdaplexy at gmail.com or over on Twitter at nerdaplexypod where you can communicate um, with uh, the face of Dave. Hit me up there. And also hit me up at the face of Dave on Twitter. Dave, our social media manager who was almost proud to say in the last episode that he didn't know what TikTok was. <laughs> hey, I installed it on my on my phone device. <laughs> my cell phone telephone. There's a leak in my ceiling right above my head. Well, move your laptop. Yeah, oh, it's 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 going onto my carpet. It's fine. I'll fix that in a minute. Let <laughs> me put a bucket down. <laughs> All right. Well, make sure your roof's nice and dry and uh, check us out next time um we might have something special in the pipe for you uh by special maybe a a place the holder episode while we get our ducks in a row and wind out the new year but uh you know stay tuned uh we've got lots of fun stuff on the way coming up lots of fun movies and uh new new guests to get to as well so please remember to rate review and subscribe and until we meet again We'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder. Here's my thought to ponder. Okay. We absolutely couldn't do this podcast without the listeners, but I'm very vain. I absolutely would do it without you. (laughs) I would do it just for me, baby.